while your day is winding down, they're just getting started. This is South Coast Tonight with Chris McCarthy and Marcus Farrow. They've got you covered on all the news of the day, from local issues to politics on both sides of the aisle. This is the place where the movers and shakers come to be heard, to listen, and where they're held accountable. This is South Coast Tonight on WBSM. Good evening. Welcome to South Coast Tonight. I'm Marcus Farrow. And I'm Chris McCarthy. And we're joined now by Lieutenant Evan Bielski of the New Bedford Police Union, the president of the New Bedford Police Union. Hey, Lieutenant, how are you? Good. How are you guys doing? We're doing great. Thanks, Evan. Uh, Thank you. Go ahead. So, Evan, um, you guys have a posting up today uh, on Facebook from the union. Explain what's going on. What is happening with you and the administration, the union and the administration? Well, like the posting says, um, you know, we've been trying to, uh, you know, just get facts out there and, and keep everyone up to date on happenings in the city and happenings with uh, the police department and stuff. And and we were given, you know, we were cautioned about, you know, hey, on releasing information about, uh, you know, incidents that are happening, you know, you need to be careful with that. We do have policies in place and, you know, there is, um, you know, public record laws and all that. Um, so we, it was basically what it says we were cautioned about when we should release information and um i know that our department you know releases the call logs i believe it gets posted to the website but that's something that doesn't happen every day um so over the weekends what you're seeing is you know from us now is is a delay in reporting some stuff um because of that because we were kind of cautioned on like hey like it hasn't been released by the department yet so you really shouldn't be doing it. So, Evan, explain to the listeners um, what your thought process is. As you, I mean, you're a lieutenant in the police department. This is your business. You guys obviously have some sort of a filter. You decide uh, information. You, you, you know, uh, explain to us your thought process, process when you do or don't post something. What, what goes into it? So we're not going to, you know, there's obviously laws against, like, what we can post. So we're not posting anything, uh, releasing anyone's names, uh, the right. juveniles, uh, you know, anything with domestic violence related, um, sex crime related. We're not releasing any of that stuff. So, you know, our thought process is we're just trying to release the the crime that that affects the citizens, you know, that's happening in, in neighborhoods, that mm -hmm. happens in our city. We're not trying to hide anything. Like, right. this is stuff that people should know is going on. Um, and... You know, it also can benefit us, too, when we do release this stuff because, you know, maybe citizens can be a little more vigilant out there and and they might pass on information to us that could help us in one of these investigations. And and that and we're keeping the, the post very simple, too, for, uh, you know, a number of reasons. But the main reason is we're also not trying to jeopardize any investigations. So we're just releasing very minimal information about, you know, this incident happened in this location and, and that's basically it you know we're not releasing names or descriptions of cars or, or anything like that your members ha have a, have a tremendous interest in solving these crimes you're not putting anything out there that jeopardizes that that's my understanding right yes we we definitely do yep uh, 
All right. So um, I, I have a question, though. Is is um, so the you guys want to report crime and keep the public informed, but um, what is the what is the administration's position on this? Because isn't there sort of an obligation to not induce like uh, panic by saying, okay, well, you know, these things are happening and maybe it might cause some undue concern about the level of crime that's happening in New Bedford and people may overreact. What's your thoughts on that? That, that could happen. That's, that's a possibility that could happen from this. But again, like, I mean, we're just trying to be transparent with everyone out there. Like, you know, people need to know that this is what, this is what we deal with on a street, on the street, and especially nowadays where we're running short offices and, and now dispatches and stuff like that. Like, there's a concern that this, this affects the level of safety um, for citizens and, and us also. So we're just, you know, we're not trying to, you know, put a, a negative light on the city. We're trying to bring a positive light. We, we do a lot of positive things as a police department. Um, everything we do is, is positive, you know. So... I mean, I just think it's that, like, it's, it's no need to, there's no need to, to try to hide it or, or not, not report it. It's, it happens. So I don't know what's the big deal in, in not, in just getting it out. And, and I think it's, like I said, I think we can use it in a way to benefit us. I, we've seen other, the police departments where they post like, hey, you know, can anyone identify this person? They, you know, they stole this from whatever store and stuff like that. It can be, social media can be used in a way to benefit us with crime. Dartmouth has done it to some acclaim. Uh, Dartmouth has d- does a lot of stuff with it with their social media. Yeah, yeah, yes. Uh, Evan, we, you have um, a, a lot of crimes here here that were posted the other night, uh, the other day: stabbing on April fourteenth, an armed robbery April fourteenth, shots fired April fourteenth. I don't know what was going on April fourteenth, but there was a lot going on. You had a, a shooting on April eighteenth. You had a stabbing on April eighteenth. Are you are you sensing um, from your years in the department an uptick in crime? We had a caller say that she seems to believe that she's hearing reports, that's her feeling, that there's more juveniles involved in crimes. We had a 13-year-old shot the other day. It's on WBSM.com. Can you talk a little bit about that? Is that a perception or is that reality, that more juveniles are involved in violent gun-related crimes? Uh, that's, it's tough to say. I, I would have to look at, you know, data going back, you know, years to really see that or to be able to, you know, give you a definite answer on that. I, yes, I mean, to some extent for me, I, and I think if you were to ask, you know, all the police officers, it does seem like you will see younger um, juveniles involved in some more serious crimes than, you know, I, I think I first saw when I first got on this job. Um, you know, and I think it's, for us, for me, my perception has not really changed. So I've been on for 19 years, and, you know, I said this at the city council meeting when I, when I went there. For me, we I've been dealing with the same type of crime for 19 years. You know, drug offenses, uh, gun offenses, armed robberies, stabbings. Like this is stuff that we we've been dealing with on a daily basis. Does it happen on a daily basis? No, we don't have shootings on every single day, but it's stuff that we we deal with. And for, so it's tough for me to really gauge on like, yes, we're having you know a ton of more shootings right now than compared to. You know, last year or five years ago, because for me, everything kind of is is the same. I think that's our perception as police, because we're just we're out on the streets really dealing with it. And we're not I'm not in the weeds of like all the data 
and looking up that. So I can't really give you an answer in regards to that on that side of the data, you know? Well, I appreciate your honesty. Yeah. So, um, go ahead. So you mentioned the dispatchers, and, and, and I tease the audience on that a little bit because we're hearing that regionally that there's a loss for dispatch. We have that issue here in Fairhaven as well. Um, explain, explain what's going on with the lack of dispatchers, the overtimes. What's going on in the city of New Bedford, if you can, uh, Lieutenant Bilski? I can talk a little bit about it. So obviously, like, you know, our dispatchers are in a separate union, but they're a crucial part to what we do. Um, but they're basically in the, you know, they're going through the same thing that we're going through. They're losing, they're losing good, we're losing good dispatches to other departments because of, you know, pay, uh, better work environments, you know, a less stressful work. Um, the same, like I said, the same thing that why we're losing police officers to other departments. So, um, Evan, um, one of the other issues you're dealing with is um, is uh, staffing shortages, and um, is this, you know, is this, you know, I know, and I know you have an oblig, you, you, you know, your position is you have an obligation to be transparent, but is this also sort of a call for the city to do something in terms of beefing up the uh, the staffing, uh, the level, the number of officers that they have? at the New Bedford Police Department, because we do know, you talked about it last time, there's someone with 17 years experience, detective experience, that went to Lakeville. Uh, I know Fairhaven, I think, got a New Bedford Police Department uh, did. police officer recently. So um, is this also sort of a call to, to, to um, beef up the staffing at the New Bedford Police Department? Yes, it is. Uh, we, we are down, um, I believe we're hovering around 206 right now. Uh, and we're budgeted for 259, so you know we're down 53 officers. That's that's a lot. It's affecting us on the street. It's affecting uh, citizens and in, in what is getting done. Um, you need to think about it. You know, being down that many officers, you know, we 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 have other specialized divisions that are down officers now. You know, it's not just the patrol officers on the street. So detectives, you know, back in the day, I would say about you know I I'd say maybe four or five years ago, it's probably up to about 12 detectives like major crimes and property crimes, they're down to six right now. So you have to understand that, you know, five years ago with 12 detectives in there, you could investigate more crimes. Right. Now you're down to six. You're basically, how many crimes can you investigate with six guys? Like how, what's the workload that you can really throw on them? You know, so that's, and that's not just detectives. There's, there's other divisions that are in the same boat. So that's what you need to think about when, you know, that, that's why we need to beef up our numbers to be able to staff all these assignments that we have and, you know, not stress out and, and burn out offices. It's just, that's, that's what's going on right now, you know, and it, it needs to be done. It's, it's going to be a lot of work to, to get us back up there, I think, but it, we need to start somewhere. So we're speaking with uh, uh, New Bedford Police Union President uh, Lieutenant Evan Bielski. So, um, Lieutenant, uh, is did, was there? You might have said this before, but was there a specific reason cited as to why um, they told you not to report on these or, or, or uh, you know, let the um, public know about these specific crimes? No, they didn't. They didn't give a specific reason. They just kind of, you know, threw a little caution out there, saying, "Hey, you know." Be careful and you know understandably that's that's fine like we're not trying to you know violate any policies of the department or anything or, or laws um they just said hey you know a little caution i think it was more towards geared towards you know over the weekend stuff that might not be getting released by a department on time because uh you know it's the weekend it's a saturday and 
whoever's doing it's not working or you're running across a Monday holiday and they're not in, I think the caution was kind of thrown a little at that. So we're, you know, just throwing it out there that, you know, we have to kind of wait on when the department releases something for us to then, you know, be able to put it out there. Um, Lieutenant, you, you talked about a, cu- a couple of things. Number one, that you, your police department does, your members do a lot of good things. W- one of the things I, I'm actually, I've been following one of your cases, and I don't know what you can speak to. I don't know if it's specifically you were involved in it or not, but your members were. It goes back to Thanksgiving a couple years ago. You had a murder in the city. Guy from Mattapoisic literally walked over, shot a guy working on his car, shot another guy, then turned and fired at some of your fellow officers who were trying to apprehend him. The police, through their discipline and training, did not fire back and kill the young man, relatively young man from Mattapoisic, who, who is allegedly have committed murder and fired at the police officers. We haven't heard anything about that case. There's so many of these cases that just disappear into the court system. Maybe that's just the way it is. I mean, you know from 19 years of working, but does it, it seems like it takes a long time for these cases to come about. And the good work that your members do often goes unrecognized, except maybe by this radio station. Yes, I mean, you're, you're correct with that. I think, uh, you know, news does get you know somewhat forgotten about uh, somewhat quickly sometimes. And, uh, you know, court, the court system, too, to speak on that is, you know, can be can be a little slow sometimes with, you know, all the, the uh, you know, the procedures you have to go through at court and, you know, COVID kind of, you know, through the court for a loop for a little bit there too. So um, I, I think they're trying to catch up and they've been a little behind on some stuff. So we're speaking with um, New Bedford Police Union President Evan Bielski. Um, so, uh, Lieutenant, um, I don't know if we got a chance to talk about the uh, the juvenile case in any length. Are you, are you able to give any more details than we have at WBSM.com? Right now, it's just, uh, it's being investigated. We don't know a lot. Is there anything you can divulge publicly about it? No, I can't, um, unfortunately. It's just, yeah, what you've, you've seen there, you know, the, when it happened uh, in, in in the area that it happened in, the juvenile was obviously taken to the hospital there and he's in stable condition. That's all I can really, um, you know, report on that. So, um, I, just as a general question, um, because there's always, we were talking about it earlier, there's always a sort of a, a tension between, and this exists, and I think, in any police department, any town, uh, anywhere, is there's always a tension between sort of the, the journalism, the media community, and the police departments and sort of getting information because there's always the, it's an ongoing investigation. Sometimes journalists feel that though that's a cop-out to try to, to divulge as little as possible, but there is also concerns that you may give out too much of an investigation. What are generally details that have to be concealed and what details can usually be made public? Do you, do you have any uh, idea? I mean, details that need to be, um, that, that shouldn't get out there, that shouldn't be divulged is, you know, stuff that when we want to question a, you know, suspect in the case, like we want to make sure that this is, you know, it, it's something that the, the media, not the media, it's something that the public wouldn't know. So when we're getting information from either a suspect or, or someone who, who witnessed the crime or something like that, like we can say like, oh yes, they, like they're telling the truth because how do they know this happened? They, 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 they have to have been there to know this happened. You know, we didn't release this information to the media, so there's no way they would know it. So that, that's one big reason. And there's, there's other reasons too, because, you know, some, some investigations get solved very quickly. Um, so we don't want to throw 
everything out there and maybe lead on to a suspect that we know they're involved, um, you know, because for safety concerns for us and being able to maybe apprehend them quickly. So there's, there's a, a variety of things that do go into, like, what should be kind of released and, and, and what shouldn't. We've been speaking with uh, Lieutenant Evan Bielski of the New Bedford Police Department. He's the, he's the president of the union. Um, what other concerns do you have right now in terms of staffing, things of this nature, or suggestions maybe that you folks are putting forward to the administration if you want to make them public to the public to maybe build some support for them? What, what do you think can be done within reason, obviously, to, to increase the staffing or recruiting level f- of your fellow officers? And the retention, too, Evan. I mean, you know, honestly, like that, like a majority of that, like really affects the, the retention and, and the hiring is, is, through, is through our contract, you okay. know, and that, that's something that we're in the middle of negotiating. And so that, that's where a majority of, majority of that comes from, um, you know, and that's the same thing with, with the dispatches also now. They, that, they're dealing with the same thing, and it, it's mainly through – through a contract thing, you know, pay, pay is obviously a big thing, but you know, things have changed over years now, you know, we went through COVID, we went through some tough times and stuff and you know, it's not 15 years ago. There's, there's a lot that's changed. So it's kind of like things have kind of caught up with the, the city, I believe in the, you know, they probably somewhat should have seen some of this coming, but it's just that we're trying to, we've gotten so far behind like other departments, um, and other, you know, other professions in, in maybe pay and benefits and all that, that now we're, we're trying to do that catch up. And it, it's, it's really tough, especially with, uh, you know, what we're competing with. Like, it's tough to compete with, say, a Fahaven, because Fahaven is, you know, they, they might, even if they're getting paid equal to us, or I'm not sure where, what their numbers are right now, but I'm, I, I think they're still ahead of us. You're dealing with Fahaven. It's a, it's, there's less crime over there. You're dealing with less calls to service. So it's just less, less stress on you. Better restaurants. They might not be getting forced. You know what I mean? They have the manpower. It's, it's tough to battle against that and try to attract people here in, in, in the hole that we're in right now, you know? Look, we have Lieutenant Cobbs. You guys will never get him. So he's a big, <laughs> he's a big draw. There's no doubt about it. There's no doubt about it. Um, Evan, there was recently an article in one of our competing uh, media peop, uh, groups here about... The amount of money police officers were making that didn't really explain detail pay versus what the taxpayers really pay. Maybe you can explain that to our listeners. I mean, you know, people are always counting other people's money. But there's a real yeah. difference between what the taxpayers pay a police officer and what private uh, companies pay through details. If you could help out with that. Yeah, so in, in regards to details, you're exactly right. That's a private company paying that rate that's not that's not tax money that's paying it so when you see somebody working for uh i'm trying to think some of the names you know eversource or feeney brothers out there that's those com- those are the companies that are paying for that office to, to be there and then you know then you see the pay you know that you see got you know top 50 you know what people in the city and a lot of them are police officers up there and stuff like that you need to understand that those those guys that you see on top of that those guys and girls that you see on top of that list I'm not working 40 hours a week. Right. That's working two jobs. And I mean, those top guys, I would say, are working consistently 70 to 80 hours a week. They're right. putting in a lot of time. And that's it. 
that's their choice and that that's fine. But you know, not everyone wants to work seventy, eighty hours a week. Nobody does to make good, decent money. You know, right. there's a lot. There's a lot of people, and we're dealing with different generations too. That that's affected us also. Where the younger generation now, they don't want to work sixty, seventy, eighty hours a week. They want to work. 40 hours a week. They want their vacation time. They want. They like their time off. That's been proven by you know Gen Z and stuff like that. They like their time off and stuff. And for that, 40 hours to to make you know sign off 22 dollars an hour and, and deal with the stuff that we deal with in the city of New Bedford, you can go anywhere else and make that money and be less stressed and much safer and not have to take a bullet potentially. I mean, I, I hate to say it that way, but that is the truth. 22 dollars an hour to carry a gun and take a bullet. I mean, you only get that in the Marines. If you, I mean, really, it's, it's pretty damn bad. Yes. So, so um, Lieutenant Bielski, we appreciate your time uh, and your, your availability on this. Um, um, is there anything else that we may have forgot to mention that you think is important to mention? No, I, I mean, I would just like to, to just maybe mention really quickly the dispatches again. You know, we're, we're, this, we're seeing a lot with that now. They've kind of been taking a toll in they do a great job for us. We've had, we have some great dispatches and we've lost a lot of great dispatches because of this. And the, what they're going through right now is, is not good. So please bear with them. They have a, they have a very difficult job. They're a, the they're a lifeline for the citizens in New Bedford and they're the lifeline for us also on the streets. And to be on the staff in there right now is putting a big toll and a lot of pressure on them. So uh, I just like to thank them for what they're doing and hopefully, uh, Things will uh, will get fixed around you. If, if someone wants to become a dispatcher, how do they apply? You can know, apply through the uh, city of New Bedford. I believe you can go right on the website. Okay. If not, I would go right down to uh, the city hall and, uh, and and grab an application and uh, and get started. Uh, we're definitely hiring. Lieutenant Bielski, we appreciate your time today. Thanks for joining us. Thanks so much, Evan. Really appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Have a good right. night. Be safe out there. That was uh, Lieutenant Evan Bielski, uh, president of the New, New Bedford Police Union. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back. This is South Coast Tonight. <laughs> Welcome back to South Coast Tonight. I'm Marcus Farrow. And I'm Chris McCarthy. we got some calls online. Let's get to them. Good evening. You're live. Hi, listen, I don't appreciate a girl calling me a windbag. Uh, you, you got to ignore it. You should see the, the things they say about us. Yeah, that's <laughs> really bad. you got to ignore it's them. Worse, it's worse than, that. Yeah, really. it's worse than that, yeah. Yeah, well, I'd like to speak to you off here if I could. Okay, hon. Sounds good. How did I do it? Um, Email. We, yeah, no, cr- I can't. Do, do we have a I number there for her? I don't know I'll how give to her a email. Shawnee, I'll give you a call off the yeah, air if we got, have your we, number we, here. We got, oh, we got your number I'm here. I'm a windbag. No, you're not a windbag. We, we got your number, so... We'll, I'll give we'll, you a call off the air, Shawnee. Yeah, call me back. Thank you. All right, you. Hun, Bye-bye. So 508-996-0500 is how you can get on the program. So, you know, and just to be clear, we did reach out to... Um, we did reach out to the poli- the administration, the New Bedford Police Department before right. this, and I know Tim's working on the story, so we'll, we'll get their side of it too. Um, again, I, I've you know I've had conversations with with uh, Chief Oliveira. I, I've I, I I like Chief Oliveira. Actually, I, I want to um, just take a moment to say uh, Tuesday. Actually, um, he's uh, bringing the autism car to uh, Fall River. Their uh, autism awareness patrol car to Fall River um, at this uh, at a nonprofit that. Um, um, that we, you know, me, me and my mother were, uh, had founded and, mm-hmm. um, it's, it's, I'm going to take some pictures. Maybe we can get it on WBSM.com, but I, I think he's a good guy. And I think it's a difficult situation that the, that the administration's in as well. I, I, but I understand the, you know, the arguments here on both sides. So the chief is a good leader. I hear from guys in his department all the time. Mm-hmm. He, he's, he's got a storied career. Um, he's there. He's the leader for a reason. 
And, you know, we saw the other night um, when Semlet came in, right? And they yeah, had, the, they had yeah. the dispute that ended that ended with relatively little little violence. Um, that's because the chief got them involved in Semlet, you know. Uh, Southeastern uh, Massachusetts Law Enforcement Council, something like that. Very good. So the, um, the fact of the matter is, is that the New Bedford Police Department is a well-oiled machine. They are shedding some members. They're trying to retain them. They're trying to do something. We've seen this across the country. They're trying to do it here. They're losing members to, you know, Evan made a good case. They're losing to Fairhaven. They're losing to Dartmouth. They're losing to Lakeville. Um, other departments are making their environment um, more attractive. Sure. You know, I mean, look, being a New Bedford police officer is a tough job. Absolutely. It is a tough job. And you as the residents of the city... And as the elected officials have to recognize that, that it is a tough job, and therefore, you got to do more to recruit them. Yeah. And, you know, I almost sensed Evan, the hesitancy in his voice when he brought up money. And I wish he wouldn't hesitate, but I understand. Mm. Because the fact of the matter is, is money is important. Money is time. Money is freedom. Yeah. And people should not be bashful about demanding it. Absolutely. All right? That's one of the problems with the American working men, yeah. is that they don't demand enough money. They don't demand enough respect for their time. And the fact of the matter is, is that the base pay of the New Bedford Police Department is atrocious. The fact that people, long ago, I've been discussing this. I learned it when I was a selectman in Freetown, which is certainly an entirely different atmosphere than New Bedford. But long ago, I figured out that the only way you can afford a police department is by making private details available yeah and the only and no one else in the private sector works 70 hours a week to get a real paycheck yeah right nobody has to do that yeah okay it's true the idea that you put on a gun and a badge and go deal with stopping child molesters and every other i almost just swore every other creep that's out there for 22 bucks an hour yeah marcus that's crazy yeah i agree that's what a kid in the produce department makes at stop and shop uh, well, Something like that. Maybe, yeah. I, I worked in the produce department at Stop. Uh, it was about 15 years ago, though. <laughs> but, <laughs> I didn't make that. Yeah. Right? But, but, but you yeah. also, you know, you, my, my yeah, point being is that, is that $22 an hour is not a lot of money. Now, they don't really do it for the money. You don't become a police officer for the money. Otherwise, you'd quit your first day. Yeah, right. Right? It's like, I learned this when I went when the service. The guys who were there for the free college, they don't make it through basic training. Mm-hmm. Because if you're not there because you're a patriot and you want the adventure of it and all that stuff, the money's not worth it. You're not there for the money. You, you know, you're not there for that. You're there for the other stuff that's... But at some point, you do have to make a car payment. Five you want o- to buy a house. Yeah, right. 508-996-0500. We'll also take your messages on the WBSM app chat. Uh, so I think what we'll do is we'll take a quick break and then we'll be back. This is South Coast Tonight. I'm Marcus Farrow. He's Chris McCarthy. New Bedford's News Talk Station, 1420 WBSF. This time next week, I'll be sick in bed with West Nile virus. Thanks to a mosquito bite right in front of my house. In eight minutes, my daughter will be in an ambulance having an asthma attack triggered by cockroaches. I'm going to be bitten by a tick today. I won't even know it until Lyme disease turns my life upside down. Learn how to protect your family at PestWorld.org. A public service message from the National Pest Management Association and the CDC. Hello, 
I'm Jose Hernandez, and I have been using a wheelchair since my accident in 1995. My name is Andrea Dalzell, and I've been using a wheelchair since I was five years old. I guess if I had one message for the general public, it would be that I appreciate your help. But please, ask first. Yeah. A lot of people don't realize that I've actually got everything under control. I think people get nervous. They don't know how to act, so they pretend I'm not there. What probably bothers me the most is when waiters talk to my companion and not directly to me. I think everyone with a disability can relate to that parking spot problem. We know you're just parking that disabled spot for a second, but please don't. We're, We're just, just looking, looking for, for the, the same, same respect, respect and, and consideration, consideration as, as everyone else. else. United Spinal Association is dedicated to enhancing the quality of life of people living with spinal cord injuries and disorders. Download our disability etiquette booklet at unitedspinal.org. You've spent all day hearing about the news. Now's your chance to react to it. Pick up your phone and call the professionals. Call Chris and Marcus now at 508-996-0500. Or send a text via app chat on the WBSM app. Now, back to South Coast tonight. Hey, welcome back to South Coast tonight. We've got a call in the air. Let's get to it. Good evening. Okay, guys, this is the way it is. Shawnee got to call the show tonight three times. Plus, asking for a, line, a, a call offline. And, and you guys are sucking up to this like a bunch of pansies over there. He called, <laughs> he called Tim Weinberg last week, and she had the nerve to complain about me. She don't know me. And I didn't reply to that when she talked about me, but I had enough now. Who does she think she is calling three or four times and demanding a call off the air and all? Why do you guys put up with that crap? I demand the same <laughs> I want to call offline. I'll call you. Call three times. I'll call you off the we'll, air. We'll, we'll put you on the, uh, the off-air call, you off call the air. list. Yeah. I, I, I have no problem calling you off the air. You're a bunch of pansies over there. <laughs> All right. You <laughs> wouldn't say that to th my th face. Th thank you, thank you <laughs> for the call. you would. Thank, thank you for the call. We appreciate thank it. 508996 <laughs> 0500 if you want to get on with the Pansy Brothers, Chris and Marcus, the, the Pansies. <laughs> we actually going to get a t-shirt like that. Oh, yeah, the Pansy Brothers. The Pansy Brothers. That's the new name of the show, the Pansy Brothers. You know, by the way, I'll be hearing more about that at breakfast. <laughs> Later on, friends of mine will be calling me a Pansy. Yeah. You're really ruining my reputation. Yeah. Maybe I'm ruining it. I, I don't know. You are by being a pansy. I am. I am a pansy. Yeah, it's it's true. I'm guilty of charge. I'll call him off the air. I don't mind. I um maybe what we should do is have, have it. We have Sean coming up, right? Sean Oliver is calling yeah. it. But maybe what we should do is have an hour of airtime in which callers can call in to each other and sort of just you know just sort of let it let it fly. There was a Rhode Island radio host that used to do that. He would have he would have one person on the line. Yeah. He would match them up with, with, with someone who was, had a competing p point of view. That's a good and idea. And would battle it out. That's a good idea. Can we do that? That will be the new show. That'll actually, <laughs> yeah, fight, that will, fight, we're going to do that instead fight. of South Coast tonight at seven to 10. You can just yell at the callers. You know, that's not bad. 508-996-0500. I... Let's go to the phones. Good evening. Hello. Hey, hey how's it going? Good evening, gentlemen. How you doing? Good, I'm doing fine. I, I'm going to go out of my way to try to add something constructive to the Thank conversation. You. We Thank appreciate you, that. Yes. <laughs> or just you can insult us. We don't really mind. <laughs> as, long as, it's, as long as it's funny, we don't mind. Marcus, I probably disagree with you 90% of the time, but 
I respect you 110% of the time. I appreciate that. Thank you. And, Chris, I miss you. Uh, I, I, I think what happens, Chris, because you're not on every night, is I think I, I appreciate you more the night you're on, I, I guess what I'm trying to say. Thank you. Know? you. So I know not hearing you every night, it just makes me appreciate Absence you more Absence makes the heart grow fonder. <laughs> yeah. So uh, the, reason I, the reason I'm even calling in, I had no intention of calling in, but I feel like, uh, and I, it's just not beating up on Shawnee, and I, I heard the conversation earlier, I had no intention of calling in tonight, but I'm like, I tried my best to bring something constructive to the program. Yeah. I, I kind of feel like if I can't bring something to the table, I don't even want to call in. Because there might be 10 callers behind me that want to get on. Right. I, I get that. I get that. Now, I, I'm not, again, I'm not trying to beat up on the lady. I right. hear her many times. Um, I don't I don't shut her off when she's on. I listen to her. Quite sure. the opposite. I actually listen to her. Um, one of the callers that used to be, he was like, uh, I don't know, maybe the BSM Call of Hall of Fame. Honestly, I didn't like him at all, but I miss him. Right. Chuck. Oh, Chuck was Chuck, the best. Chuck, man. Yeah, yeah. Chuck was great. I, I, miss, I miss Chuck, I miss Chuck as well. I can hear his voice in my head. Yeah, me yes. too. Yeah. Because I kind of miss it. I really do. I miss it. He guy. was an Even agent provocateur. I, he really was. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was great. He got and, you thinking. Exactly. So I, I guess the only point I'm trying to make is, um, you know, you, you made a point earlier that the callers have no, um, I forget exactly how you said it, we, we have no guarantee of airtime. I totally agree with that, right. you know? So I mean, I mean, it's it's a listen. It's a caller-driven format, so we we always try to get as many calls in. But I can't give everybody, you know, as far as me, like timing the calls out, giving everybody equal air time and all that other stuff. Look, we're all not something. It's manageable for us. We're all unique. We've all got our own ups and downs. Whatever we we try to we try to all blend it together as best we can and and put a presentation together and and enjoy each other. And sometimes we enjoy each other for the wrong reasons. Quite frankly, (laughs) right. You guys have the patience of Job. I really appreciate it. I respect it. Uh, I like that. Marcus, in your early days, I can remember when you were on once and four on Saturdays, I listened to you a couple of times. I said, I don't see me listening to this guy anymore. And yet, here I am the following week listening to you, listening to you, listening to you. So uh, I appreciate I that. Just, you know, pe- reasonable people can disagree. I, I, I agree. Completely. And I, I just wanted to add that, guys, tonight. We appreciate that. Thank you very much for the call. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you. And in the kind words, too. I appreciate that as well. 508-996-0500. And he's a real Republican. Good, good he's been evening. toiling in the fields for 40 one years Adam as a Republican 12, Party. One Adam 12. See the man running down the street. Hello. <laughs> one Adam 12. Beautiful. Classic. I just seen one on... Um, we oh, forgot yeah. to ask Lieutenant what his favorite TV show was. Evan Bielski, if you're still out there listening, text text me your favorite TV show. I'll read it over the air. I Better be a cop show. Mine was, mine was the Twilight Zone for the old school days. Great show. That was a good one. Yeah, that's the time of film. Um, what am I calling? So, yeah, oh, I don't know if I, I should mention his name or not. A certain host out here during the day seems to still be a Trumpster. Every time you bring him up, he changes the subject. But uh, we'll hit it by this, by that, by, by, by. But, well, everybody's got their own style and opinions. That's, that's you know, why, yeah, how we format the network. Letting, when you're not letting somebody speak their opinion, whether you agree with it or not, that's not... 
Well, one great. of the things we try not to do here is criticize other hosts, or because just call them directly, you know, and let them let let them get at it. You know, one thing yeah. I think we're going to be looking for, we're going to see this year, we're going to have a very unpopular Democrat with with a relatively yeah. unpopular Republican. I, I I mean, sectogenarians really running head to head. It's going to be uh, I don't know. What we're going to have to look forward to here with these primaries? It's going to be a Twilight Zone episode. It very well maybe. It very well maybe. I don't yeah, think no. Bobby Kennedy has the chops to take out Biden, but who knows? Yeah, I don't know. There's supposed to be five or six Democrats running against Biden. They haven't uh, mentioned their names yet, or I know. You know, it's all well and good to well, say you're going to run against the sitting president of your own party. It's an entirely different thing to do it. You look at Bobby Kennedy Jr., he's got nothing to lose. Yeah. yeah. You look at everybody else who's, who, whose name is mentioned, they have something to lose. They very yeah. much have something to lose. I, I think with the Trump thing, though, I think people are just getting so sick of him. I honestly think he's just going to lose. It'll be close, but I think, I think people, people are sick of him now. I, look, I don't disagree with you. I, my plan is to vote for the nominee of the party. That being said, um, we'll see what happens. But right, so far, Mike, the one I really like, I like uh, Pompeo quite a bit. But I understand why Pompeo would look at the field right now and not run. Um, yeah, you know, he might not vote either. He, you know, so it's going to be a very challenging field. I think the guy from New Hampshire, Sununu, he may run. But to take on Donald Trump, who looks like he's got a solid 35% of the electorate, Republican Party, behind him, I, I, I don't know who, who wants to take it on. When you look at the fact that Donald Trump is an older man, limited to four more years regardless. Yeah. Right? Do you really want to fight, face him in the primary? And have done to you. Uh, I wouldn't want to. Pay, no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want, want to either. To I wouldn't I want to either. Him go on and on and on and on. He knows what he's doing. He's very he's successful. Not, yeah, he's not stupid. That's for he's sure. Not, hey, he's not. Thanks for the call. We got to take this break. Yeah. Appreciate it. Thank you, my friend. Um, I was laughing, by the way, not at the caller, but because Tim made some new promotional uh, material for the Pansy Brothers. I love that. Uh, and it was, <laughs> it, yeah, so. <laughs> <laughs> you got the brand manager now. That's the, that's, that's, that's it. all you need, it's really. All, that's it now. <laughs> so we're gonna... let, now, next, next, you know, it's a coffee mug, <laughs> then a t shirt, then a billboard. We got... <laughs> Pretty soon, I'm not going to be able to take public transportation. I'll be on a bus. You're the pansy brother. Inside of a couple flower petals. There we are, our faces, our gorgeous faces. We're surrounded by tulip, by, surrounded by pansy petals. <laughs> the new intro song is uh, Tiptoe Through the Tulips. Tiptoe. <laughs> 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 oh, beautiful. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back. Out of the world, become tiptoe through the tulips with me. Hope you guys are enjoying her new intro music. <laughs> the Pansy Brothers. <laughs> the Pansy Brothers Flower Hour. TM pending. <laughs> TM pending. Um, so brought to you by Charmin Ultra Soft. Right. So uh, <laughs> that was uh, that was fun. So anyway. Um, we're here to be insulted. 
Yeah, we're we're. It depends, we're, but normally, yeah, we're we're here to be. Enthralled. If you can deliver with a spoonful of sugar. Yeah, yeah. The Pansy Brothers. We are pansies after all. Yeah, we are. So if you want to call us the Pansy Brothers, it's fine. But um, if you're going to call us anything else, make sure you soften it a little bit because we're pansies. Yeah. We can't take it. Exactly. Right? I mean, no, on. exactly. Be sensitive to the fact that we're pansies. <laughs> so so we'll be joined by City Councilor um, Sean Oliver. Um, yeah, he's going to join us momentarily soon. Uh, I think they had a meeting tonight. Um, but, uh, they have a meeting tomorrow too, I think. So, you know, one thing about the city council, they have meetings all the time. There's a lot of meetings. They do have a lot of meetings. It's one of the reasons why I think they're underpaid, quite frankly. I I remember actually scheduling an interview with, I think it was when we had Ian on last week, I was talking to him on Monday. He's like, well, we've got meetings every night, basically, right? Right. Monday through Thursday, except for Friday. Um, so, so so it's, it's a time intensive job. I would say this. Um, if you do the city council job correctly, you're vastly underpaid. Mm-hmm. If you don't, you're vastly overpaid. Yeah, right. right? Yeah.